Edentialism 2023 is the first international conference gathering world-leading researchers and professionals in all treatment options for edentialist patients. Let's discover together the speakers and partners who will share their expertise in the Canary Islands, Spain, between the 4th and 6th of May 2023. Welcome back to the Zaga Center's podcast, uh, focusing on Edentialism 2023 for this season. Uh, today we're traveling to Sydney, Australia, uh, to meet Dr. Fadi Yasmin. Uh, Dr. Yasmin, good morning. Good morning, David. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's a pleasure to have you in 23. It's good evening for me. Good evening for you, indeed. It's good evening for me. Good morning for you. Yes, we have uh, quite a few hours of difference between Barcelona and Sydney. Um, can you please uh, tell us a bit about yourself, uh, your training, uh, your experience, uh, what's your current field of expertise, I would say? Uh, tell us a bit about yourself to start with. Uh, I uh, did my uh, undergrad degree, uh, Bachelor of Dental Surgery, uh, graduated in 1993. Um, and since then, I've undertaken quite a few areas of uh, postgraduate studies. So my sequence was uh, initially in orthodontics. I've done quite extensive training in uh, postgrad orthodontics, which I've been doing for nearly 30 years now. Um, that was my first uh, sort of uh, deviation outside general dentistry. So I was quite fortunate to, to really understand orthodontics and I'm really seeing the benefits of it now, um, even later on. Uh, in terms of planning surgical cases, uh, having the ability to decide before we go to end stage treatment. And you realize in uh, aesthetic dentistry as well, the power of orthodontics and implant surgery, the power of orthodontics. So for me, I was quite fortunate to start off in that area. And then I moved into uh, surgery itself, obviously started doing uh, single implants. I, I did uh, uh, several postgraduate courses uh, in different areas from uh, single single implants to uh, full mouth rehabilitation. Um, we did, uh, I did the guide program many years ago. Uh, I'd spent a lot of time working with leading uh, implantologists from around the world and, and spent a fair bit of time, you know, building up my skill base. As you know, in implants, uh, there's always specific gems and, and constant changes in, uh, in, in protocols. And that's been one of the big challenges in keeping up with that. And the challenges in single implants and, uh, and sort of uh, general implant restorative is very different to when you move into edentialism or full arch treatment. So keeping up with that knowledge base on both ends and balancing both and, and, because uh, with my multidisciplinary treatment, my aim is to give the best treatment options. So I'm not just focused on full arch treatments. I'm focused on uh, my, the first port of call is always, can I fix this orthodontically? Uh, can I fix this with single units? Um, then I apply, obviously, uh, a big part of my uh, postgraduate studies is my aesthetic dentistry, my cosmetic. Uh, I've got a master's in aesthetic dentistry, which I attained from the King's College of London. So all aspects of my rehabilitation, whether it's orthodontics 
or whether it's uh, restorative or full arch, I try and give it an element of not only aesthetics, but what we, I mean, everybody uses the word biomimetic, but I still love the word aesthetics because you want to design treatment that's facially driven, that suits each patient accordingly, that looks natural. And uh, achieving that across all disciplines has sort of made my delivery of full arch cases, um, I think, better for myself because I've been able to do it using a, a natural dentition and working hard. So when you get to the full arch, you know what you expect to deliver for the patient. And I think that's been my forte when I, I do have, uh, when I do sort of finish these cases and the way I tend to restore them, I've always got that natural uh, dentition in the back of my mind. You know, what would this case look like if this patient didn't lose his teeth or was an indentulous? So a lot of my cases is planned based on what's the ideal, what would have been the natural position of these teeth and try and translate that, um, I guess, into my final restorations. And I'm quite fortunate, like many, many clinicians around the world, I'm the surgeon, so I know I've already planned my final position. So as a surgeon, I know where I'm ending and then it makes me... Uh, it makes it much easier to deliver the final prosthetics in the ideal position. Um, in some cases, I guess some, some clinicians are only doing their own surgeries and then working with the restorative dentist. Um, I'm, I guess, one of the fortunate few that's able to do that and just find uh, the protocol and the whole workflow from the beginning to the end. I find it seamless now um, based on my experience and you know knowing where the end position will be. Well, so we, we could say in a way that uh, you are obviously prosthetically driven, but we could almost, almost invent a new concept that you're aesthetically driven uh, when you create these uh, treatment protocols and, and, and treatment plans, no? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's uh, prosthetically, it's aesthetic prosthetically driven. Um, and, uh, and that's one of the things, you know, I really believe uh, with these unfortunate patients that are either terminal dentitions or edentulous, uh, we should uh, be able to give them the, the best possible treatment and the best outcome. Um, I see it as, uh, as a blank canvas for the patient and they like that expression. I don't, uh, I don't like to sort of uh, see them as limited. In fact, we try and give them, uh, you know, the hope of the total opposite of that where you've got a blank canvas. I can place your gingival gum line anywhere where that suits. I can give you the ideal length of the teeth. I can give you the broadness of the smile. So I guess when you sort of outline it that way to these patients, they do get a bit of sense of hope. Um, so it is a big positive for them. Um, and sometimes I can get achieve much better results in these cases than in cases where I'm only doing orthodontics and maybe, you know, a single implant, it, it's still lovely and it's still nice, but you're not able to achieve the perfect prosthetic solutions that you can um, with someone that's uh, uh, totally edentulous. I mean, it's unfortunate they're at that point, but like I said, I try and give them some hope in that, hey, we have the ability now to treat you as a blank canvas and give you the perfect aesthetic outcome. And that's what I really love in those cases because we design it um, from start to finish and there's no compromise to, to within the millimeter of where you want to achieve your um, pink aesthetics, the white aesthetics, um, all of those, the shape, what suits the patient, the vertical, um, the vertical dimension, 
um, the AP, you know, lip support. We've just got so many um, variables that we can control and being the surgeon slash uh, aesthetically driven prosthesis, prosthetist, um, yeah, it is a quite a powerful position to be in if it's done correctly. And that's why when I see some of these cases around, which is why I like to talk about this subject, is to show, I mean, uh, to show that uh, you have the ability to, with this type of treatment, to achieve remarkable results. And there's a lot of great surgeons out there, amazing surgeons, but I think they fall short on the prosthetic. Either they're not knowledgeable enough and no discredit to them, or not really picking picking the brain or working with, uh, you know, with uh, the restoring uh, dentist to achieve these amazing results. Because you've already done the real difficult part. You've done these amazing, amazing surgeries. And then I do see, you know, that little bit of... Uh, lacking in terms of the pre-planning. This is where um, digital dentistry comes in. It's part of my lecture where the whole digital workflow, everything is planned beforehand. All the ideals are planned beforehand. So when you go into the surgery, you've already know what you need to do to get to that position. You're already aware of, you know, if, if it's a gummy smile, we have to weigh up how much bone is reduced. Um, how much is not, so we have our minimal. In edentulous cases, it's already resorbed. So you already have um, the bone levels way up there. So you're working in ideal situations a lot of these times. And that bridge, that connect between surgical design and the final prosthesis, it's all done in the pre-planning. And this is where um, my discussion will be in achieving those results. And with where we're at today, digital dentistry, it should be standard, almost uh, the gold standard now in terms of achieving these results. Okay, let, let's let's connect with your session at Edentialism um, 2023 in, in May uh, this year. Um, are we going to learn about how to navigate from Edentialism to aesthetics in your session? Well, we're going to learn about uh, the digital workflow to start with. And the digital workflow is a big step forward in achieving the ideal aesthetics in edentialism because you're able to digitally design, configure, discuss with the patient, show what can be done prior to any surgery. So when we've done all of our planning, we know exactly what needs to be done surgically to be able to achieve the final outcome. And uh, what I will show in my, uh, well, I, what I will discuss in my lecture is this workflow. But I will spend a bit of time on the aesthetic assessment, the parameters. You know, this is something that is often done really quickly. Patient comes in, most dentist surgeons are excited, the surgery starts, don't worry, I'll sort it out with my technician when the time comes. And then the result is often quite good, but often mediocre. And where, where I want to spend a bit of time is, this is the beginning. It's about assessing. It's about looking at the vertical, looking at what can be done ideally. Where can we bring? What are the different tools we can use? And there's many, many tools. Um, I'll show you a few that I use. And in terms of uh, discussing the ideal aesthetics, design, assessing all the parameters. Because you have to understand, yeah, I guess, uh, most of uh, most of your audience are, are surgeons. So there's not many with a, an aesthetic background. So they're often relying on their prosthetic, uh, on their uh, restoring dentist to provide that. But 
I see it as it's totally wrong in my eyes because there's no way you can place, you can do any surgery without having an understanding of where your final tooth position is. Just like first year dentistry, you know, that first denture setup we did, that's exactly what we do every day. You had to know where those central incisors ideally would sit. So you would wax it up as a, as a student. You would have to pick the sizing of the teeth. You have to see where it fits in the vertical. So all these things have to be done and thought about beforehand because there's a big difference in someone that you're opening up significantly and you've got hardly limited bone and you're finishing them at a certain level where someone that's totally overclosed, uh, that's totally open and you have to close them. So there's all these factors of where you are at the beginning and where you want to be before you do any surgical planning. And that's what I plan to discuss and to get you the ideal. So not just a result, the perfect facially driven result. Can we expect uh, you to share all your secrets to get to an excellent uh, aesthetic result? Yes, of course. And, um, and again, it's all down to uh, assessment, having uh, an aesthetic eye, um, really understanding that we have a blank canvas here. Uh, don't be, uh, don't be scared to step outside the, uh, the parameters of prosthetic um, limitations. I mean, op opening a bite, uh, closing a bite, uh, lip support, you know, we need to not hold back on these things. I'll show some remarkable cases we've done that are sort of class three um, terminal dentitions that we've corrected to class one beautifully and the patients have adapted significantly um, well. Again, remarkable prosthetic uh, changes and it's amazing how the patients adapt and again all of that is in the planning all verified post-surgery and we always do uh, we always do our printed verifications post-surgery and I think that's really important because I would say one in 20 you might be able to nail perfectly you go from surgery to final but there's no point no need for that stress um, with the patient, no need for the stress with your surgeon and yourself. You just configure, you just um, consolidate and confirm your design process. And if it's slightly out or it's not exactly where you thought, there's still that point where you can still transition to that perfect smile within 24 to 48 hours. So the, the whole process, my workflow that will show, there's stop measures that allow you to do your design, confirm, verify post-surgery and then from there again that's another sort of uh, workflow where you have to be able to see what you've planned and what's not perfect what needs adjusting even that little uh, assessment is is a gem in itself because there's a big step in you've done the design you've done your surgery and then accept whatever's given after that but there's also takes a little bit of skill and this is often ignored and it's really important those few little tips, those gems between when you try in your printed um, prosthetic solution and see that it's slightly off the cant, what you can do, seeing things where you can improve and quickly being able to tick these parameters just before you go to the final process. And that's, you know, within that little uh, window, that little uh, period between, I guess, uh, it's like, it is, it's like a dental limbo. It's that period where you've, you're nearly there, but you're not, and you have to get it right because you're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. <laughs> so you, we got to, We make sure everybody goes to heaven uh, in that period. And and these are again seems like simple simple points, but 
it's a few little things that you do and take the stress out of uh, your final result. And, and I've changed that protocol for myself in the last five years where I will print every time for the, uh, for the trying just to be hundred percent. I, you know, I take it out of my mind that teeth in a day scenario. That was great. That was a great Nobel marketing, uh, ploy from 15 years ago, but now, you know, it's immediate teeth. And if it takes a f you know, a few days, so be it to get the perfect result. And that's why you see a lot of these cases because they're not rushed still within that few days time frame. but that few days takes away that stress and allows you to sort of let the dust settle and really assess and continue from what you've planned and what you planned, does it suit? And sometimes what you plan is not always a hundred percent because when you try it in, it's exactly what you planned, but then you see other things, you know, you feel that you can show more teeth, you can, you're showing too much, you can give more support. So you continue to refine to get to that final stage. And that's where, um, I sort of try and push the treating dentist or even the surgeon to, to just step up that little bit more. Cause you've done the hard work, you know, you've done 70%. This is the hard part. Let's get the, let's not drop the ball at the 30%, which is the, the prosthetic. So you've got to spend a bit of time with really. And the other thing I talk about is excellent clinical records, good photography, good records. You've got all these digital tools and, you know, dentistry. Now we're so lucky dentistry. We've got some great capture tools. I'll talk about, um, obviously, um, I use a, uh, iOS scanning system with Ostian. Um, we'll talk about, uh, there's also pick out there. There's iMetric. There's many systems that allow you to still achieve it. You don't have to only use what I use, but the workflow, the stop measures, the confirmations, that's where you've got to be following and you'll get the results. And that's what the lecture is about. Right. That sounds, uh, appealing and i'll definitely be at your lecture and like many of our, our listeners now good front front row i hope david well i, I hope or maybe in the in the back uh on the, on the scene actually <laughs> to, to get the best uh i get nervous about the ones in the back <laughs> <laughs> but I, i'm a bit sad about what you say because i'm beginning to understand that there's no magic in getting to a perfect aesthetic results and it's only about assessment and protocols is that correct yeah Yep. So you have to have an understanding and part of my lecture, I'll spend a bit of time going over smile parameters, just things, but you know, going back to basics, understanding what's a perfect smile. So if you understand ideal tooth position, you understand lip mobility, you understand buckle corridors, you understand shape and vertical and how we can change the vertical. I mean, the biggest cause of aging is the lower facial third as dentists, we have the ability to change that. Plastic surgeons can't change it. Orthognathic surgeons uh, can change it, but that's orthognathic surgery. But uh, as, a, as a restorative dentist and surgeon, we have the ability to change that um, collapsed lower facial third, which is the biggest cause of aging. And that's why all these beautiful cases you see, a lot of my cases with the before and afters where I've really spent a lot of time assessing that lower facial third, not only in terms of the vertical, but the ideal smile line and where the teeth finish in relation to the lower lip, that in itself looks like the patient's had a facelift. That's why these beautiful before and afters, which often I've shown to a lot of plastic surgery, uh, plastic surgeon colleagues of mine are just blown away because they look at it and they say, you, I couldn't do that in a facelift. And they understand that because just by restoring that lower facial third. So then a lot of these cases, I, I 
deal with my plastic surgeons if they're looking at cosmetic, um, other cosmetic procedures. I often, the protocol is let me do all the dental and then I'll send them back to you because often it's half what they planned on doing when I see them. Because when I send them back, and they're usually my patients, they look at me, they go, well, I really don't have to do much. There might be, you know, some more, uh, there might be some Botox, there might be minor, you know, surgical procedures. But if you show them the patient prior to our treatment, especially these edentialism, um, they will, you know, they'll talk about deep plane, facelifts, neck lift, you know, trying to, not understanding that lower facial third, that we're going to cause a huge difference in terms of this region um, when I finish. And I send them back and the treatments, and that's always uh, interesting because the treatment plan is totally different. Almost so, there's some sessions where they've actually not recognized the patient because I on purposely send them to them pre-treatment and say, hey, because I don't tell them what I'm doing. I said, I'm going to look at doing uh, some extensive uh, full arch uh, rehab. Uh, can you assess them what you think, you know, cosmetically? And I send them in. Then I do the treatment, <laughs> send them back for a follow-up consultation. Some of them did not recognize the patient. And all we've done is, you know, treated the edentialism with ideal aesthetics, ideal workflows. And, you know, sometimes I'll get a phone call. This is not the same person. I go, yep, <laughs> you know, and uh, it just goes to show. I mean, that's why I work with a lot of plastics guys. And now they just say, Fadi, can you assess them before? Tell me what you're doing, please, because I don't want to tell them I need this, this and that. And it ends up being Botox and, and minor fillers where I've talked to them about a full facelift and they come in looking amazing. So, you know, it just shows the power of what we can do, uh, especially when you have total, total control of that 3D element of restoration. So there's so many moving parts, David, that, you know, even getting the cant wrong uh, will, will destroy everything because you've done quad zygomas, you've done this amazing capture, everything's perfect, and you've got this canted central incisor that's off to the left, and that's all you're going to see. You know, all that work is down the drain, where, you know, all these stock measures, all these approvals, making sure everything's done, because that's what you'll see in the end, and uh, we, shouldn't be, we should be uh, in a position where this does not happen, especially where we're at in digital dentistry today. All right, so I'm definitely looking forward to, to your session. Now we, we get to the last question, which is uh, the surprise one in a way, um, which is the following. If you were not a speaker at the conference, would you sign up for it? Oh, definitely. Looking at the lineup there, some amazing talent, um, some amazing talent. And the beautiful thing is you're seeing these international speakers talking about the one treatment modality. So it's always going to be interesting. There's going to be so many different approaches. Um, you know, at the old expression, you know, how many ways can you skin a cat? And, and this is what we're going to see. We're going to see these, the approaches, you know, so the traditional, the, the blend of traditional and, you know, the analog and a little bit of the digital, the full digital, which is where I'm at now. So, you know, and you always pick up these gems. So definitely, definitely worth it. And the location's not bad either. I've had a look at, uh, I've had a look at the uh, Canary Islands. So I think um, it definitely, definitely would be a, a spot on my calendar. I think the location will not bother anyone. 
Sunny, I think it was voted the best uh, weather in the world last year. Yeah, you told me that. You told now. You know, it's a hard sell. I do come from Sydney. We do have some good weather. Um, thank you, Dr. Yasmin, for, for your time. Uh, I Definitely. know you're still on holiday and you're taking the time to do the podcast, share insights into your uh, session in the upcoming conference. Um, for anyone listening to us willing to register for the conference, uh, the website is in the comment. It's eventualism2023.com. And uh, we still have an early bird um, fee until end of January. Uh, if you listen to that episode afterwards, I'm sorry you missed it. And uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you again, uh, Dr. Yasmin, in, in May. Uh, Me too. In four months from now, so that's not far away. It's amazing. I can't believe that. <laughs> and, uh, and learn from what you have to present. Uh, I really want to know, you know, what's in your session. Uh, how do you use digital to provide a great aesthetic result in edentulous cases? And how can a surgeon, a full art surgeon, get a few tips and tricks and maybe an initial aesthetic assessment to enhance the prosthetic result of their patients and you know give that patient function obviously but also aesthetics uh, overall thank you and uh, have a great evening have a great night almost thank you you have a great morning i'll have a great night thank you Dave. Edentialism 2023 is the first international conference gathering world-leading researchers and professionals in all treatment options for edentialist patients. 